Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast, where we sit down with meetings and event industry leaders to explore breaking trends, event planning best practices, the future of events, and more. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. All right, so before we get to today's topic, I encourage you all to read about today's episode on the Cvent blog. If you go to cvent.com slash podcast. And next week, Cody and I are gearing up for a really special podcast because we're going to be doing it live from Cvent Connect yes, we are. in Las Vegas. Cannot wait. Can't wait. And as always, we love getting emails from our listeners. So please contact us. Our email is podcast at cvent.com. And a lot of you have been joining Cvent's Instagram and Facebook because that's a great way to get updates on future episodes. Now, today's episode is all about women in the events industry. We talked to Courtney Stanley and Sarah Solomon Dodden, and they've been all to all kinds of events, part of a lot of discussions around this topic, and they're really fun to talk they're to. They're such a fun pair to talk to. I love this interview. This in fact, excellent. yeah, we talked to them for so long, we had to put a bunch of the content back <laughs> onto the blog because it's like we just couldn't stop. Um, we talked about couple hot button issues, you know, like the pay gap, negotiations, things like that. Yeah, but we also talked about everyone, like men and women, how we can all improve women's presence in the events industry. You know, I really enjoyed this topic and I hope all of our listeners do as well. Yeah, it was really cool. I loved it. So uh, here's our interview with Courtney and Sarah. Welcome, everybody. We're joined here by Courtney and Sarah. We're going to be talking about women in events or finding the success in the business of meetings. I love the the title of this topic, yeah. Woke Women. Woke Women. I love that, too. Yeah. So let's learn a little bit about Courtney and Sarah. How did you guys get into the events industry? Sure. So Courtney and I have always been, well, First of all, we've been friends in the industry for quite a number of years now, and we always say we kind of grew up in this industry, you know, together, and we have always had a passion for advancing women in our industry and women in general, women in business, um, regardless of industry, and the title woke women, the word woke is so relevant because it's it's bringing acknowledgement to Uh, a group of people that have maybe not been aware of certain societal behaviors or uh, discrepancies or what have you. So when we started thinking about ways that we wanted to impact women and advancing them in the meetings and events industry, we thought, huh, okay, well, where does it start? You know, where, where do women kind of struggle with with different aspects of business. And one of those is negotiation, whether it's a salary negotiation, whether it's contract negotiation, um, you know, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an area where we tend to shy away from and not be very strong in. So we wanted to definitely bring some woke conversation to light around salary negotiation. Another area is emotional intelligence, which we both are completely uh, huge fans of the emotional conversation topic. I, we often say EQ is more important than IQ. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that, which we can dive into later. 
and then the last one was kind of like the, the mental health and the mean girl or bullying mentality that unfortunately happens from one woman to another and finding ways that we can support each other rather than hate on each other. And, uh, you know, just kind of breaking down all of these very, very important topics that are timely, that are relevant to just how we advance in business. Um, and we just found a great need for that and, and presented that for the first time together last year. And it was a huge success. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine... I, I can't imagine that all of those really resonate, all those things really resonate with the, the listeners right now. I mean, I know they certainly do for me, but why do you think that this women in events or these topics, you know, the wage gap, the negotiation skills, things like that, what is so important about live events and connecting those conversations to these live events? Well, I think I'll, I'll just start by saying and pointing out and anybody who's been in the industry for, you know, even a couple of years would be well aware that our community is, you know, three quarters women. We're made up of 75% women. So a lot of these topics that should be talked about or addressed or, um, you know, there should be education provided in regard to these um, conversations are not often addressed. And what's so incredible about talking about things like the wage gap or negotiation tactics or emotional intelligence in our own community is that we do have the opportunity to expand those conversations beyond just our own industry. And that is through those live events. So a lot of the most inspiring conversations and incredible, memorable moments that people have in their lives is when they do go to attend a live event and they hear a speaker that changes their life or they attend an educational session that teaches them things that help them take control over their future and where they wind up in five or 10 years down the road in their career. Yeah, we, we hear that a lot when we interview on this podcast. It's it's almost like this responsibility of a live event to create change outside of the walls of the event, whether it's through teaching about women in the workplace and some of these topics or talking about diversity or we had a podcast about health and productivity, mm -hmm. right? And it kind of starts at these live events. It's like that's the central hub. And then everyone leaves the live event and takes those learnings back to their lives, back to their offices. And it's really cool to see how it can really grow legs and, you know, take on a life of its own so quickly. And I'm sure we've seen that with this topic as well. I mean, I know per I've personally seen this coming up a lot more than mm -hmm. I have in the past. And I think what's really cool, just to that point, is these topics are so human. And I think where events are kind of shifting is allowing us to have these very human conversations about real stuff, real things that are challenging in our day-to-day -day lives outside of work, right? Like we talk about work-life balance, and that's a hugely important conversation to have because it... it it all starts with your, your psyche and your foundation and you as a person, you as a human, and then what you contribute to your peers around you, to your colleagues around you, to uh, the events industry. So I, this is why I'm so passionate about these topics. And I, again, nerd out over them because it is diving into to us as people and not just as business professionals. 
Yeah. I'm sure you guys are making a really personal impact for people. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had people approach you after having some of these conversations and tell you just that. So um, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. Yeah, and about these conversations that you have, I feel like I have a really, um, you know, out of the four of us, I have a unique perspective because I am obviously a male and I don't know exactly, you know, a lot of the, the questions that are being asked in these situations. So I imagine a lot of the questions or a lot of the conversations that are being opened up do kind of uh, bring to light some of these myths that you need to dispel. So can you let us know or kind of go over maybe what some of the common myths are that you've heard? Well, actually, I think this this aligns perfectly with what you just said, and that is that this topic is not just for women. We, you know, it, it's so critical to have men as part of the conversation around how to advance women or advance one another in the workplace and in business. Um, and a lot of times we see a couple of men come to our seminars that we put on, but we don't see a lot. And the men who do come to our seminars are incredibly important to the conversation. The questions that they ask are different. The perspectives that they lend are important. And the conversations that the group has is constantly evolving because of those varied perspectives. So I think that really is one of the more common myths. It's that just because we're talking about issues that advance women doesn't negate the importance of men being a part of that community. And I'm sure one of the hot topics that comes up is the wage gap, right? I mean, this is something that that we hear about all the time. But the question kind of is, is what is the real cause of this wage gap? So, I mean, let's take a step back and talk about what is being pointed to on a larger scale as the cause of the wage gap, and that is discrimination. When we read headlines or hear blanket statements made, it's often something along the lines of, on average, women make 79 cents to a man's dollar, which really leaves the audience with little to no explanation other than a knee-jerk response of assuming foul play or that sexism or discrimination has occurred. Um, But there have been newer, more recent studies done where economists have, after taking human capital specification, industry, um, occupation variables, et cetera, into consideration, have actually identified that 38% of the wage gap, or in other words, 38% of that 21 cent gap has been deemed unexplained, which at that time accounted for you know, a good chunk of the disparity, um, about eight cents of what the pay gap is. So the bottom line really is that the wage gap is super complex and it's not being talked about as if it is complex. So variables, including part-time versus full-time work, industry, maternity and paternity leave, psychological and personality traits, and discrimination. Those are just some of the elements that need to be discussed but may not actually get brought up during the everyday conversation. Yeah. What kind of reaction do you guys get when you bring up this topic uh, when you're out you know, speaking to other groups? It just depends. It depends on who we're actually in the room with. But I think the bottom line is that we see that there is a gap and there is a disparity, but I think that we need to come together and make it not so much of a polarized conversation Mm -hmm. and figure out how to really tackle this complex issue. 
Yeah, get to the core of it. And I'm sure that there's a lot of different ways that this can be fixed so we can help to close this gap. A lot of times you hear about negotiation skills. And I think this mm -hmm. is, like you're saying, it's complex. So this isn't going to solve the problem. But it is one of those skills that is important to have. And we, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we find that women sometimes are not as willing to uh, have those negotiation conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, and that's part of the complexity, right? I mean, I was just having a conversation, this is so timely, with a woman in our industry today about something very similar where we as women tend to not even necessarily apply for some of the executive positions that we know we would be a good fit for. So it, it's negotiation isn't just from a monetary standpoint, but it's also negotiating your position within a company, within an organization. Uh, me as a business owner, I am so guilty of this as a young woman in the industry and a business owner, negotiating contracts with clients is always a struggle for me. It just, it, it wasn't until recently, four years into my business where I started to really understand how to negotiate and to, to know, you know, we always say, know your worth, know your value, but what does that actually mean when it comes to having a face-to-face -face conversation about money, right? And it's always a very awkward conversation to have, but it's it's a challenge. Um, and I think the negotiation conversation extends beyond just the monetary. It's really understanding your worth, your value, what you bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. That negotiation piece, yeah, that even gives me anxiety, really, to kind of bring <laughs> that to the table. So, I mean, it's, I think that affects both men and women, but I, I want to know, like, what can women do in particular to hone in on their negotiation skills? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I would first and foremost suggest doing research. So I don't know that we all take the time to actually do market research on what our position just black and white is worth in the city that we're in at the level that we're working at. Um, what does what what should this person at this level be paid without anything else added in? And then you start looking at the more um, qualitative value that you provide. So what is it about your experience or just about you as a professional that elevates that number that's associated with that position? So I think that research is really, really critical. But then I also think that practice is so important. Being informed and then preparing your pitch about why you deserve a higher salary and then being able to negotiate or defend your pitch, I think is also really critical. A lot of times um, people, your supervisor will come back and say, that's, you know, you made a great argument, but unfortunately at this time, that's, we're just not in a place to offer you what you're asking for. And people often walk away from the table and what they don't realize is that there is still money on that table. So I think it's also very important for especially women to follow up with a no and ask the question, okay, so let's talk about what I need to do to get to where I want to be or where I think I deserve to be. What steps can we lay out on paper and what does that timeline look like so that we can come back and reconvene in six months and I can show you that I've, I've hit those goals and those marks. Put together a plan. Yeah. Wow. 
I love that. I'm literally over here taking notes about that right now. So, watch whoever Cody's boss is, watch out. He's on his, his, on his way. <laughs> but there is something interesting that you said, and, and I've done this in my past, and it's that market research, right? And But what I keep thinking about is in the events industry, let's take an event planner, for example. The role has changed so much. It's almost like they're doing all of these different jobs. They are technologists now because there's so much technology that's part of that experience. They're having to create these like experiences. It's not just about getting attendees in the door anymore. So is it tough, especially in this industry to do that market research and figure out where you fall? I think it definitely can be, but what I, I love this question because it allows me to get a little bit nerdy and talk about leveraging data. So with any kind of pitch that you make or any kind of negotiation strategy that you form, you should use numbers to your advantage. So as you're doing your work throughout the year, make sure that the results are measurable and recorded and documented. That way you're able to say, yes, we got this number of people in the door, but now look at this survey and look at the satisfaction or look at the dollars that we were able to raise from sponsorship compared to last year. So it's it's really important to make sure that you're being very strategic around how to measure success while you're on the job before you even ask for that raise. This is all fantastic information. I bet you we could talk about this for hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love nerding out too, and I love data definitely. But he I, does. I'm kind of going to shift gears though because I heard you. I heard you earlier mention um, EI. So can you tell me what EI is, and and also like what it means for women, especially in the fast-paced events industry. Yeah, so EI is really, I mean, it's really the ability to be able to manage your emotions in any kind of situation that you may be confronted with. Um, as women, we tend to be very emotional creatures. And what we have learned is a huge trigger to success is to have a, to, to just manage your emotions and know how to maneuver through difficult conversations, whether they be at work or in your personal lives, um, you know, things like being mindful of your vocabulary, how you say things, knowing what stresses you out and when you just need to walk away from, from various situations. So um, EI is very also complex and there is a lot to, uh, to talk about under that umbrella. Um, but it's becoming more and more important, especially in our event space where we are so relationship driven. We're not transactional. We are, uh, we build connections. So we have to understand trigger points for other people in our workplace, trigger points for clients, um, you know, their stressors, how they react to, to different scenarios and also how we react to, to scenarios and really learn how to manage all of these emotions and moving parts when it comes to whether it's planning an event or, you know, a supplier working with an event planner, what have you, um, to ensure that you're creating an, an, a successful experience overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've spent a lot of, 
I don't know why I end up talking about this on nearly every podcast, but I've spent a lot of work, you know, working on myself, like getting to know who I am, learning that emotional intelligence, practicing empathy, like all of these things are really important. But it's been amazing to me how not only has it transformed the way that I have relationships, you know, with my significant other and my friends, but in a business sense as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just such a skill that makes a a bigger impact than you would imagine. So I'm sure that's right with that EI. Yeah, it is. And I try to, it's really hard to teach, right? It's something that you have to explore on your own. It's, it's, it's so, um, psychology based for lack of a better way to, to put it that you kind of have to just pause and reflect and really understand yourself. I sound like a hippie right now, but it's no, just, I get you. Yeah, I'm feeling that. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what it's all about. And, um, it's also, you know, learning just how to take criticism or negativity from others and and turning it into a positive for yourself. Uh, and it also makes you a lot more confident too. I found, and I'm sure you probably feel that way too, from your practicing of emotional intelligence, you just feel better about yourself. You feel more aware. Um, and it's just, it's an overall, uh, positive, more positive experience for those around you. Sarah, you know, I'm sold. Everything you just told me, I want to increase my EI. But, you know, what can somebody do immediately to raise their EI? Like, what are some tactics or some strategies you can take to increase your EI? So a big part of um, emotional intelligence is being able to not only understand your feelings, but how to actually leverage your gut feeling or your intuition to either improve a situation or to strategically navigate a situation to to make the outcome better or more desirable. Is it fair to say that um, slowing down a little and being more mindful helps with that emotion, emotional intelligence as well? And I think it's also about being observant. Mm -hmm. It's being observant of not only your emotions, but of those around you. And I think for women, because we are by nature just very emotional creatures, we tend to um, react rather than pause and dissect and then react, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's that observation to, to take the time to observe a situation um, rather than just react emotionally. So to me, just using kind of that pause button and not not just feeding off of emotion, but taking the time to reflect and observe a situation that you happen to be in is an immediate way to increase your EI as well. So time, reflection, all of these things that the event planners are like, love to, but don't have any extra time to do that. I mean, this is one of those stressful (laughs) jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was, I think Forbes said it was one of the most stressful jobs right under a firefighter. So when you have this stress and you have this anxiety and it's constantly impacting this profession, you know, what are you telling these women to do to help reduce that stress and anxiety? You know how when you get onto an airplane and they go through their safety demonstration and they do the whole very important spiel about placing your mask over your own face before helping somebody else, that is absolutely rule of thumb for any professional that wants to try to maintain a healthy 
work-life balance. You have to take care of yourself first and prioritize and really listen to what your body needs, what your mind needs, what your social needs are. You have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. And that's why we do see this um, particular title popping up on the Forbes top most stressful jobs over and over and over again is because we do have such a wild, busy, chaotic world that we live and work in within this industry. But I don't know that we're actually taking the time to really put ourselves first. And that doesn't have to be a big burden. That has It shouldn't be a burden, but it doesn't have to be a big big responsibility either. It could be something as simple as going to the gym a couple times a week. Or if you have a really big annual conference coming up every year, you know that you're going to schedule yourself a massage the week before, and you're going to meditate every day leading up to that event. My favorite thing to do is to take face masks with me wherever I'm traveling. That, yes. that 5, 10, <laughs> 15 minutes is always just a nice break. Right. Treat yourself, Treat right? Yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, this truly was um, such an interesting topic. I feel like yeah. I learned a lot here. Um, for our audience, of course, there's so much more to talk about around this topic. We will have a blog post that will have some additional information and resources. And of course, if you want to see Courtney and Sarah live and in person, please join us at C-Event Connect in Los Las Vegas in early July. Thank you, you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Wow. Love this topic and such a good discussion happening around women in events. Oh my gosh. I know. Right. And like I said earlier, we couldn't even get to everything that we talked about on the podcast. So if you guys want to hear more about what Courtney and Sarah had to say, visit the website at cvent.com slash podcast. That's dot com slash podcast. And of course, we love hearing from all of you. So please email us at podcast at cvent.com. And as a reminder, next week we will be live from Las Vegas, so be sure to tune in, everyone. So exciting. Talk to you then. Thank you.